Welcome, everyone. Uh, Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource, and joining me is Dennis Calvert. And Dennis is the CEO of BioLargo. And for those not familiar, um, tell us a little bit about BioLargo. Jeff, it's so good to be here. Thank you. So BioLargo is an innovator and solution provider. We've been developing technical solutions and identifying key markets for these assets for about 10 years. And the company's really focused on some of the biggest challenges that impact our world, our environment, our, our people, uh, and commerce, right? And so we're focused on that sustainable solution that can bring, you know, big answers for big problems around the world. So we always say our key focus is air, clean air, clean water, and we also have an advanced wound care division. And our environmental engineering services company is also hitting stride as well. So we've got a lot going on at BioLargo. Sounds like it. So yes, sir. So um, let's break that down a little bit. Um, just go into each of those markets uh, a little bit without going, going too deep. Sure. So um, it all started really about a decade ago, right? Actually, it was in the spring of 2007. Uh, we formed a company. We met an inventor named Kenneth Ray Code. Ken had a big vision for high-impact technologies that could help make the world a better place, right? In fact, our slogan is we make life better. And so it starts with an invention. And then over time, what's happened is we've taken those ideas and we've expanded. They've got legs. They've got tentacles. And we've just continued to really focus on innovation for a cause, good, a good purpose, right, a good work. And as a result of that extended period of time and continued investment, we've actually come out with some really big game, you know, what we call showstoppers, right? I mean, they're really significant invention. So as we break it down, air, clean air, is our first significant commercial uh, success. Uh, it's, it's in a company called Odor No More. And we have a product called Cupridine. That's C-U-P-R-I-D-Y-N-E. Cupridine. Cupridine. And when you, look at, when you look that up on the web, what you're going to see is a lot of technology, a lot of, a lot of product that's solving air quality, odor control, and volatile organic compound control, which is VOCs. And its first big market has been in the, in the solid waste handling industry. So that's the trash people, right? People that handle landfills and transfer stations and processing centers and recycling centers. And over the last two years, we've landed the top four accounts uh, in the industry. Uh, we're now experiencing regional adoption. Revenues have gone up uh, 25% per quarter for three years in a row consistently. Uh, of course, the numbers are getting bigger now, right? So one of the reasons we want to continue investing in infrastructure is to keep that rate of growth going. Uh, but what, it's found a nice home, and it's found a nice home because it's an environmentally sensitive, uh, easy-to-use, uh, incredibly powerful oxidizer that destroys these odors and all organic compounds in the air, and we're deploying them through misting systems, and it's just being adopted all over the country. I mean, it's just awesome. Um, over the last year, we went vertical. We developed uh, construction, uh, full engineering design, construction, installation, service, maintenance, plus our chemistry. And so the company has evolved from a great innovation to become a full-service solution provider for the waste handling industry. Now, um, do you have a so large part of that market, or, or where are you in terms of penetration? Oh, I don't know. It's really early. You know, we're on track. In fact, our total revenues for the company this last quarter were about a half million dollars. And so we're just getting started. Um, you know, when we look at the odor control business, you got 15,000 landfills out there, and, you know, 
massive, massive numbers of transfer stations and all sorts of really interesting ways to deploy this chemistry, including wastewater treatment. We also have found some early traction uh, in the cannabis industry, controlling terpenes that are coming off production of greenhouse operations. So, so when you put all this together, it's a it's a billion dollar plus market. I mean, it's a it's a big opportunity. And so sounds we're like you've just, got some, we're just. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just yeah. going to say it's, it sounds like you've got some nice reference accounts to to leverage that. Uh, we do. Uh, we've probably done over 100 installations. Uh, we're very good at what we do. The the talent the the team on board is really are expert at the at the at the solution. Uh, we've got enough experience where we can know how to head off the pitfalls. And our position really is we have yet to see a situation where we can't add value. You know, when we introduced this product to the marketplace, we came in with the number one performing. We underpriced ourselves to the market. So we are the number one performer with value pricing. And so it's an, and plus, we've now added the full service component, which includes that design and build and construct side so, and maintenance. As a result, you know, our value proposition to the marketplace is unmatched. And so we are dislodging incumbent companies that have been serving these other these major national accounts for up to 20 and 25 and 30 years. And so it is highly disruptive. So now so what in, we need in, to do as a company, yeah, go ahead. You know, I was just going to say in our area, um, you know, cannabis odor is, is is a problem for neighborhoods. So that is something you address and, and is that correct? And is, is that a, yeah, what a, a big is, growing market like it sounds? I mean, it is. Um, it's a really significant opportunity, and it's just now taking off. About uh, six months ago, we were approached by that industry and said, you know, have you really focused on cannabis? And we hadn't. We'd really gotten laser-focused on the waste handling industry. But the mechanism of action is the same. Basically, it's, mm-hmm. you know, treating air. And so in the cannabis industry, our first phase attack is to focus on the air that escapes the greenhouse operation. And when you dig a little deeper, what you figure out is that this, these operators – uh, have a couple of key metrics that they manage. One is the humidity. It's very critical that they have low humidity in the greenhouse operation to avoid mold. In order to do that, they inject high quantities of CO2. They have a significant air exchange that goes on in the greenhouse itself. That means the air is moving, okay? And it's moving so rapidly that it's like every 30 to 60 seconds they get a complete turnover in the air in the operation. Well, Therein lies the issue, right? So these are highly uh, uh, aromatic plants. They produce a terpene. The terpene is the outgassing. And the terpenes can really create a pungent smell. And they're also a VOC, volatile organic compound. And they're a precursor to ozone formation. I mean, there's a bunch going on with that, okay? Yeah. So the current technologies that are deployed really are carbon filters. Well, the problem with carbon filters is they're very expensive to maintain, and what happens is when you move the air this fast, as fast as they are with such a highly concentrated terpene, the physics just don't work. You're really, you're really overpowering the carbon the minute you turn on the system. So therein lies our opportunity. So we, we well, were it, it sounds like you've got a, a good business, growth business with, with that alone. Uh, tell us about the, the oh, next yeah. two channels. Sure. Yeah, so the next one then, of course, is our advanced wound care. So advanced wound care, uh, we just secured our first FDA clearance under a 510K for an, for an antimicrobial product, a clear wound irrigation solution. That's taken us quite a bit of time. Uh, it's really fascinating. By the time we got to the finish line, of course, you're like, wow, is this hard? <laughs> but it's, uh, it's worthy. You know, we've developed a, an antimicrobial that we believe is a disruptor. 
that will compete with things like hypochlorous acid and silver compounds and other iodine complexes, right? Uh, we, think it, we think of it as a platform. You know, the first product creates a springboard for another seven because we can use that predicate and extend our use patterns or indications of use for very high-value targets like post-surgical infection control and um, a chronic wound healing and all sorts of really interesting surgical applications, right? So, so that product uh, is now combined with another technology we acquired in the, in the fall of last year, uh, which is called the skin disc, and that's a, re a tissue regenerative therapy for regenerating tissue, all focused on wounds that won't heal. So we really, again, are the cutting edge in that market. We are introducing an antimicrobial that's broad-spectrum, it's safe, it's easy to use, it, it competes head-on with its, with its sheer uh, value proposition in terms of gentleness and effectiveness. It includes biofilm efficacy. It's got all these features that make it really special. Plus, we have this regenerative tissue therapy for regrowing tissue. There's 250 cases, 100% success. It's a remarkable discovery. And so in that application, what we've done is formed a subsidiary, brought in capital, gone through our first phase of FDA, and now what we'll do is we'll ramp up significant clinical work to expand our indications of use uh, on the labeling as we introduce those products into a, you know, what some consider would be a 6 to $10 billion opportunity. I mean, it is massive. Uh, are those so again, uh, 510Ks? They are. Yeah, all these applications are, under, are, are designed to fit into the marketplace under a predicate design, correct. Okay. So, so these are approvals you expect in, in, the, in the coming year or, or when? We got our first one just 60 days ago, and that's for our antimicrobial. And now what we'll do is we'll expand the uh, use of these through clinical work to validate their efficacy in very special uses like post-surgical infection control. And as we develop that proof of claim, we will then modify our indications to use through a filing of a 510K. And so all in, there's about seven product designs, and it will, it will go not all at once because <laughs> we don't have the budget for it. But as we march through those proof of claims, we'll be filing with the FDA to take those products to market. So we think the next two years, all in, will be a continual pipeline of product design and proof of claim of extraordinarily high value. Dennis, you guys are taking on a lot. Are you doing it by yourself, or do you have partners? Uh, in each of these, uh, the core invention started with sort of the brain trust of the company. It all goes back to Ken, Ken Code originally, but now over time we've assembled um, a whole team of innovators. So we're a small company of about 25 people, but they're exceptionally well-trained. So we have a number of PhDs, professional engineers involved in the company, and they, the culture is one of significant focus on innovation. Mm -hmm. The way I describe it is we find, the, we find the cutting edge and we focus there for high impact. And it really goes back to how you get innovation adopted into the marketplace. You know, our thesis is if it's not a disruptor, should we be doing it, right? We, we need to find that edge of disruption, that edge of disruption, and invest heavily in high-margin, high-value propositions so that we can break through the barrier to entry. And so that's what we do. And then, so you're the innovators, and so for go-to-market strategies, do you look for people to, to partner or market for you, or license, yeah. or, or what do you do? Yeah, so the business model, each of these uh, projects or these uh, business units is set up as a subsidiary. 
So the parent company has funded sort of the innovation, the proving up, and in some cases the early stage commercialization, right? So it's like the odor control. In the odor control, we decided that we could go vertical. We decided that we could do the work to get it adopted in the market, do the heavy lifting, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then as we establish ourselves in the marketplace, the opportunities to extend through partnerships and licensing is, uh, you know, more readily apparent and easy to do. And that's exactly what's happening. So just point out a couple of examples. The cannabis industry working through distribution. So we brought in a partner uh, who's an air quality specialist in the, in the greenhouse operations. They've developed a selling channel. They have secured a distributorship relationship with us, and they're working on distributors' margins. And so we really are making our money as a manufacturer and supplying the channel. Great leverage on the technology, great business model to really drive profitability with lower risk. Okay? Okay. Uh, in addition, we just signed a memorandum of understanding with a company called BKT out of South Korea and their U.S. subsidiary called Tomorrow Water. Well, BKT is the number one wastewater treatment uh, group in South Korea. Highly technical group, 20-year history, uh, significant revenues, significant market presence. In fact, they have 100% market share in the agricultural waste processing industry because it's a government concession in South Korea. So this is a prominent group. Uh, we've just gone through about nine months of trial, uh, technical trials. Uh, they love the product for odor and VOC control. We have a handshake, memorandum of understanding. We're working on the contracts to form a joint venture to, make, uh, to produce the products in South Korea and use that as a hub of distribution through a joint venture to see the technology in those products, and they'll find their way all over Asia. And so, again, so, think about the, the business model. We did all the heavy lifting. We went vertical, we funded it, we made it work, and now it's finding leverage all over the world. Okay. Now, does that one f- um, fit into your air, or, or is that in the third yeah. uh, vertical? That's all air and VSC, right. Oh, all of these markets so We talked about air and wound. What's the third one? Well, water, right? So in the water business, um, about six years ago, we were recruited into a research project at the University of Alberta to focus on the oil sands tailings ponds. And in particular, in that case, they had a specific contaminant, it's a naphthenic acid, which is a very uh, stable and difficult molecule to take out of water. And as everyone knows, there's about a billion cubic meters of water in tailings ponds up near Fort McMurray, near the Arctic Circle in Canada, <laughs> okay, sitting on the ground. And it's a problem. And the government and the industry knows that problem is there. And one day, there's going to be a mandate to clean it up. And so the industry uh, bobs and weaves with the price of oil, as you can imagine. But we were recruited into a project with the major oil companies at the University of Alberta. That was the first pull we had into the water industry. We focused on a technical innovation to develop an advanced oxidation system. Advanced oxidation is this uh, chemical breakdown technology, right? And we were recruited with the major oil companies to develop that technology. Well, we immediately diversified, and we said to ourselves, you know, we can tackle this contaminant, but really we can, ta- we can tackle a class of contaminants. And so the key value proposition of what we call the AOS, which is an advanced oxidation system, it's a destruction technique for taking water through an electrochemical reactor and creating enough of an oxidation reaction to break down micropollutants, things like benzene, things like... Uh, estrogen, 
uh, pharmaceutical byproducts. Uh, these emerging contaminants are, are prevalent throughout the water industry, especially as, as we've continued to recycle water on the earth through industrial processes, right? Okay. And so that technology has now received 69 grants. Uh, 67 of them were for the Canadian government. Two of them actually came from that Fulton Water District of Southern California. And so it's a, it's a, it represents a, a technical breakthrough in the way you can destroy these contaminants through oxidation at extraordinarily low energy. And the concept there is that we're using ultra-low energy by concentrating the electrons and delivering them on a catalyst. And that catalyst creates a significant reaction. And the reaction potential is so great that it destroys contaminants in water. Right? So it's a pretty amazing discovery. So we just got our first nod with our first client. Uh, we've done a couple of uh, pre-commercial pilots. Uh, we're working with a number of municipalities, with major engineering firms. And our first commercial client is what we call a gateway market, focused on food processing and narrowed to the poultry processing market. We figure that's about a $250 million market, uh, and we consider it a gateway for an innovation that actually has a role to play in the global $55 billion market. And so it's, a, again, it's a significant undertaking. And so we're, we're just now tiptoeing into the first commercial move. Yeah. So you guys are addressing a lot of big markets and, and working on a lot of great things. Um, but where today is the revenue coming from? And then where, right. so, if we look a, a year out or so, two years out, where do you expect the revenue, the bulk of the revenue to be coming from? That's a great question. They, um, when you look at, the, well, the current revenue is easy, right? So the odor business is the, is the most rapidly growing segment in the company, odor and VOC control. And that means every day somebody's out working with a client, providing a service, installing a system, or delivering chemistry that's being used in the marketplace. Um, and uh, that's our first significant commercial success, and it's ramping up quickly. Again, 25% quarter-over-quarter quarter growth three years in a row. Um, you know, at the current run rate, we're probably at the $2.5 million a year run rate and climbing. And so now what's happened is uh, capital is being deployed to support growth, right? We need more infrastructure to do the same thing over and over and over again. So it's pretty exciting. The other commercial unit is the environmental engineering team. Now, that's a great, great side story. That, that group was um, an innovative team from Chicago Bridge and Iron, Prior to that, was with uh, the Shaw Group and IT Corp, and the senior manager, the president of the, of the engineering group for biological engineering, Randy Moore, has 35 years history in the industry on the front line at the cutting edge of innovation with some of the largest engineering companies in the world. So about two years ago, as uh, the world turned, we had an opportunity to form our own engineering group, and we brought an entire team together in, in one day and we form Biowater Engineering. So as a result, we now have this, this team of specialists who've worked all over the world in some of those high-profile cases for environmental remediation and design, build, and construct projects around the globe, right? Well, about three or six months ago, we secured our first contracts from the United States Air Force for air quality. Uh, we're working with a prime vendor because we're not a big company. As a result of working with it through a prime vendor, the opportunity for expansion is really dramatic. So we're currently serving seven U.S. Air Force bases. Uh, we've got another eight bids in process at some level. 
representing probably another 20 Air Force bases, and we think it's a great segment for our engineering group to really generate consistent cash flow, but also generate the credibility necessary to expand operations to major municipal clients around the world. Okay, so the engineering group's really busy. The other thing that's happened with the engineering group is about uh, four months ago, we secured a grant from the United States EPA to focus on innovation to help solve the PFAS, PFAS issue, which is fluorinated compound. And so that's a big deal. Uh, we got a grant. We focused our team on that innovation cycle to find an answer to help take PFAS out of water. And as it turns out, it works. So our solution, we're calling it the AEC, Aqueous Electrostatic Concentrator, right? A new innovation. We just now filing patents. We just now have the proof of claim. This is a brand new development at Mile Largo, uh, and it and it it may it could be the largest and most rapidly adopted technology in the portfolio. Hmm. Um, yeah, and so we can explore the PFAS situation so you get so you get your head around what that represents. But it's a significant opportunity. So so back to your question. We've got two commercial units that are growing on their own. We have another two units, the medical, right, and the water that are just now at the first stages of commercialization, but they represent such significant opportunities that the revenue could grow incredibly fast. You know, just, to, just to give you an order of magnitude, in the wound care operation, for example, you know, one of these products would be an antimicrobial for a, for a surgical procedure as a wound irrigation solution. The primary focus of that is infection control. Right? You would irrigate while you have surgery to help reduce infection, you know, risk of infection. Uh, one of our competitors just signed an agreement with uh, the Cleveland Clinic for 60,000 procedures at $100 per procedure. That's $6 million a year with one customer with one product. Okay, so this is extraordinarily high-value technology. Uh, so we've also seen comparables in our space where um, – Similarly situated companies with innovation and early early market penetration have achieved significant valuations in the hundreds, if not close to billion-dollar valuations because it really represents sort of an innovation of extraordinarily high value, right, saving lives, solving problems that otherwise have never had a really good solution. So, so what we point out to everyone is while, the, while it's slow getting in and it's not easy, the value proposition is, is, you know, arguably one of the highest value propositions as a, a company could undertake. So we think that over the next two years, we're going to see dramatic revenue growth in the, uh, in the advanced wound care field. And in that business, we've elected to bring in direct investment. So Biolargo is now the founder. We currently own about 40%. I believe it's about 38% of the equity of that company. We also hold the license. But new capital is now coming in, so that company is very well positioned to spin out from under the umbrella of Biolargo, not only so that it can secure its own future, secure its own future and capital, but also drive value for our Biolargo shareholders. We think that's a great so my thing. Next so my next question was going to be about your revenue model, but it sounds like you might mm -hmm. have multiple revenue models. Is that correct? I think the simplest way to say it is we start with innovation, right? We set up a wholly owned subsidiary. We license the technology into the subsidiary. And at that point, we can do whatever is required to be successful in the market. Right? So it starts okay. with the innovation. 
Okay, so that's subsidiary. So let's take the odor. Let's break it down a little bit. The odor business is go vertical. Do the work, sell a product, make the money, do the service, right? Provide value and get paid for it. Awesome. Perfect. Leverage it through distribution partnerships like our South Korea venture, like our extension into the cannabis and hemp industry. Great examples of leverage for business model, and it's working, and it's working very well, right? When you go to medical, right, really what you're going to do is you're going to focus on the innovation of the proof of claim, and then because of the extraordinarily high value, they, they probably become either acquisition or licensing targets almost immediately. You know, you, you're just probably not going to get too far down the road before the, some, some big company with lots of built-in sales and distribution capacity wants to capture the value proposition, and they'll pay handsomely for the work that you've done to de-risk the proposition. It's a great model. Sounds like there's also yeah. spin-off potential, too. We've also set it up to spin out if we need to or we want to because the value propositions present themselves to our shareholders, correct. Now, in the water, right, it's very similar. What we've done is we've built a subsidiary. We focus on innovation. We've complemented it with full-service solutions. So we're now a solution provider in the water industry. But we chose a, a gateway market where we could get ourselves um, situated, prove out the value proposition, and then, once you've done so, extend the value proposition through licensing and partnerships around the world. So the concept is we've had to do the heavy lifting to prove out the value propositions for these technologies. But in the end, I would suspect most of our license, most of our revenue will end up being licensing high margin value. Very good. Because you just, so, you just can't take on the whole world. <laughs> you just can't do yeah. it. No, it, it sounds like you guys are taking on a, a lot. There's a lot to talk about. We'll have to have you um, back again. Um, for now, can you tell us, um, you know, let's say over the next 12 months, what are some of the catalysts or near-term events to, to, to watch for? Well, sure, we can. I mean, obviously, from a, from a revenue perspective, the Odor, VOC, and the engineering group have built-in expansion. I mean, it's just anybody that's looking at the company now intuitively can see that it's just going to continue to grow. Okay? So now the question is how fast? Can it keep up the rate of growth? Do we have the capital? Can we, uh, can we execute with capital to grow that infrastructure to do what we've already proven is workable? Okay, so that's the first thing. Um, this new PFOS situation is pretty dramatic. Uh, everyone needs to know about it. If you don't know PS, it's PFAS, right? So if you Google PFAS and you look that up for water contamination, you'll see it's all over the news. It's all over Congress. And these are a class of chemical constituents that are contaminating our groundwater. Uh, they come from all sorts of consumer products and industrial products for paints and coatings. They're being called forever chemicals, meaning they, they tend to act that last forever. Nature has a very difficult time breaking them down. Uh, they're part of nonstick coatings, right, all that sort of thing. Fire retardants are a common source of PFAS, PFAS. Anyway, long story short, the industry is really in quite a crisis. Um, I was at a technical conference just a few weeks ago here in Southern California at Orange County. Orange County is a pretty big place, right? There's about three and a half, four million people here. The drinking water system supplies drinking water to about 2.8 million people, and the technical staff at the, at the water district predict that the cost to treat PFAS on the groundwater that's already proven contaminated is estimated at about $850 million, and that's just Orange County. Okay, so there's a big scramble to find this answer. Now, just think about our background. You know, if, 
it's, it's amazing the way it works, but we got a grant from the EPA as an innovator. We dedicated our staff in a very short period of time to solving that solution. They brought their 35 years of experience and 4,000 projects to bear, plus our specialty knowledge in electrochemistry and engineering. And we've come up with an answer that we've just filed patents. We just have the proof of claim. And we believe that we have a technical solution that can help that industry on a global basis solve what many people are calling the contaminant of the decade. That's PFAS. And so it's a big deal. Now, it's, we are uniquely situated with the intellectual power to do that, and now it's all about getting the word out, forming the alliances, and executing in the marketplace. So if we can find our way through that maze, that maze of adoption and proof and the right partnerships, the opportunities for expansion of revenue and, and really value to offer to the world is so dramatic it's hard to describe. But it's, it is a, and it's also an opportunity that is an immediate one. So we have to move quick. Everyone is looking for answers. Um, in Orange County alone, one of the cities here tested 10 wells, and all 10 wells tested positive for PFAS. And the minute that happens, they turn off the well, which means that their cost of goods go through the roof. They have to buy the water from somewhere else, which usually means Northern California gets shipped in through the Metropolitan Water District. And they have to solve that problem. Okay, So in that one situation, they're estimating the CapEx at probably 35 to $40 million. And then they've got an ongoing OPEX, which is to treat the water to make sure that they're not delivering contaminated water to their constituents. So this is happening all over the country. Uh, we'll and BioLargo has a solution for that now or, or will in the next short period of time? Yeah. Uh, good question. Uh, with the SBIR, Small Business Innovative Research Grant, sponsored through the EPA, which we received about five months ago, we've done the work and we've established a proof of claim proof of claim is that it works. We achieve greater than 99% reduction in a single pass. Uh, it's incredibly low energy, and we believe it's scalable. And the we believe is the critical part, right? We believe it's scalable. But remember, the people that are saying that are 35-year professional engineers from the front line all over the world, right? So we believe is a good indication that it is scalable. And so now what we have to do is scale it continue to prove it to the marketplace as a reasonable technology for this extraction technique to get PFAS out of the water, and then expand through partnerships of global engineering firms and technical support to see it really go all over the country. Our little company couldn't possibly tackle the, the, the magnitude of the challenge that's ahead. So what we can do, though, is we can bring forth a technical answer to support industry that can. So we're sitting on the answer. Um, if we are, if we have the right capital resources, get these partnerships put together, we could be into the market probably in the next six months or so, maybe sooner, but not really, right? It takes it always takes time, but this opportunity is going to keep everybody busy for the next six years. I mean, this is this is a, a literally it's it's a, it's a massive massive problem, and it's got the attention of Congress and uh, the regulators. And the people that have been creating this pollution, right, this contaminant, are writing multi-billion dollar checks all around the country uh, to uh, mitigate damages. And uh, this just, it demands a solution. That's what I can say. It demands a solution. Well, BioLargo is taking, taking on a lot of very uh, interesting challenges. Um, is, is there anything I failed to mention before we go? No, I think we've covered it. You know, um, Right. As we said, as we started the conversation, it's purposeful innovation. 
and it's flexible business models and finding, the, again, extension of what we've done to find commercial pathways that make sense. Uh, and, and, you know, we've proven out a few of those, which is awesome, and we've got some big ones coming. So it's a pretty exciting time at the company. Great. Well, thanks so much for sharing that, and we'll have you back. All right. Awesome. Thanks.